What's up everyone and welcome to episode 170 of the Justin Insight podcast, a show where we talk to people involved in the world of alternative music and their journey through it. Uh, my name is Tim Burbeck and I'm not just celebrating the fact that we're at 170 episodes, which is fucking crazy, like, yeah, I never thought we'd kind of reach 100 episodes when I started this little podcast, but we're we're quick, quickly approaching 200, which is fucking rad. But I'm also celebrating the fact that Donald Trump has been kicked out of the White House. Uh, yeah, it's been a pretty crazy week in American politics. Uh, it's obviously by no means over yet because there's various shit going on in terms of potential legal challenges and all that. Uh, but the fact that Trump lost the election brings a big smile to my face. Now, don't get me wrong, I know that Joe Biden is by no means a saint, um, but surely anyone listening to this can agree anything is better than having that tangerine racist in charge. So, yeah. Um, but now let's hope that my very own country here in the UK, or England specifically, uh, can do the same thing next time around that we have an election um, and get rid of the bumbling idiot that we have in charge. So, yeah, fingers crossed for that. Anyway, you aren't here to hear me go on a political rant. You're here to hear about some music. Um, and something I don't kind of nearly do often enough on this show, which I'm going to maybe try and do a bit more regularly week to week, is maybe shout out what I've kind of been listening to over the last week or so. Um, but there's two EPs that I want to kind of talk about that came out last Friday. Um, the new Soul Glow EP uh, called... Um, so uh, sorry... Songs to Yeet at the Sun, uh, which is obviously uh, a parody on the Have Heart record, which for anyone who knows, Have Heart are one of my favourite bands, so that title instantly grabbed me, but I was a Soul Glow fan anyway. Um, but yeah, that's their new record came out on Friday. It's fucking incredible, probably some of their best stuff. Um, and yeah, also we had guitarist uh, Ruben Polo as a previous guest of the show, so if you want to find out a little bit more about soul soul glow um obviously this was recorded way before this ep i think had even been recorded or anything like that but it's still an interesting chat so go back and and check out that episode if you so wish um also new vegan straight edge band vanguard they released uh, their new record uh, rage of deliverance uh it's something i would highly recommend checking out whether you are vegan whether you are straight edge it's fucking hard as hell um it's kind of got like early sort of earth crisis vibes but just bought into the modern era and yeah it's a really really fucking good ep so go check that out right let's get to this week's guests uh and i'm joined by blood bather songwriter and guitarist salem vex uh, this was recorded a little bit ahead of their, the release of the band's new EP, Silence. So obviously there's a bit of talk about that record kind of now retrospectively, but we're talking about it approaching release date. Um, but we also discussed Salem kind of getting into skate culture, how Blood Bather has always been a project that he has seen uh, sort of buck the trend and uh, done what they've kind of wanted, and how... In their eyes, like um, fashion and aesthetic of not just their personal life, but the band as well, has kind of been inspired by the likes of Prince and David Bowie. Um, so yeah, please sit back, enjoy the chat I have with Salem, and I'll see you on the other side. 
so joining me this week on the Justin Inside podcast is guitarist and songwriter for uh, metalcore band Bloodbather, Salem Beck. Salem, thank you very much for taking some time out of your day to have a little chat with me. Um, how How is everything in your world? How's kind of gearing up for the new release? Like I've seen that you've been keeping busy kind of during sort of quarantine and stuff, but how's how's everything in general? Well, first thing, thank you. Uh, second of all, yeah, we're just... Uh... We're all just keeping busy, you know, just trying to grind out while in quarantine. Uh, but we're we're all excited to release this EP. It's definitely it's been a long time coming. Mm. And we'll obviously kind of go a bit deeper into to the EP and stuff a little bit down the line. But how I always kind of open these conversations up is to ask my guests, like, what was their kind of first exposure to alternative music? Like what kind of set you on that that journey, so to say? Uh, my sister actually, she was she was really into uh, I guess you would call it like Warped Tour music, All Time Low, and all those bands like that. Okay. And uh, I had a I had a MySpace that she helped me make, and I found bands like uh, I set my friends on fire, Bring Me the Horizon, uh, Devourous Prada, bands like that, and uh, that kind of set me off on my little journey. And then I I was skateboarding at the time, and there was a local venue that I was doing photos for. And they uh, they had like a hardcore show called Bringing It Back for the Kids Fest. It was a, a big fest. Okay. It had like Terror and like Remembering Never and a bunch of awesome hardcore bands trapped under eyes. And that's what really like set everything into motion. So in terms of like your kind of sister, as you say, kind of putting you into like those Warped Tour bands, was she kind of like actively saying oh check this out or was it just like you'd heard her listening to it and you it kind of piqued your interest i think it was it was it was mostly her just listening to it and i was like oh what is this at first i honestly didn't like it uh (laughs) (laughs) forever the sickest kids or something like that and i was like i don't know about this but then she would she would put on like some heavier stuff and i was like "Uh, i think i could get into this like uh i think she was she was really into like a day to remember and stuff like that and i was like oh this is kind of my vibe and then I somehow stumbled upon like uh, Bring Me the Rise and CD through her collection. Like, I think it was Count Your Blessings, and I was like, "Like, this is really sick!" Like, yeah, yeah. I think it's quite interesting. Like, because it's a, a couple of people I've spoken to, not necessarily Bring Me the Horizon, but like that sort of UK metalcore sound at the time, like Bring Me the Horizon, Architects, and stuff, seemed to capture a lot of people in this in the states. So I don't know, like what. Did you kind of make any connect that they were an English band or was it just you liked that it sounded really heavy and it kind of just peaked your ears? Honestly, I didn't even know they were an English band until I kind of dug into it. Um, I just like the I guess they had like almost like a party vibe to them. Not yeah, not yeah. In like the like the Attila sense, but like they had like that. <laughs> yeah. They had like that fun vibe to them. You know what I mean? Where it's just like it was just like super fucking heavy, but it was super fun at the same time. Yeah. And you mentioned kind of like being into into skateboarding. So did that kind of come first or was did the two kind of run simultaneously? Yeah. So skating was definitely first. I started skateboarding uh, when I was in fourth or fifth grade. Um, oh, OK. And the, actually the local skate park that I would go to, they would play under oath all the time. So I was always like okay. surrounded by this weird heavy music element. Like uh, they they would play like under oath. Um, they would play like emo music too, like Hawthorne Heights and stuff like that. Um, and I, I was just always surrounded by this style of music. Didn't really know what it was, but mm. it was always kind of there. And then when I when I finally found it, 
I think it was like, okay, I really like this. Yeah, yeah. So what kind of got you into like the skate culture side of things in the first place? Was it just like being around like friends and, and seeing it or was it, I don't know, was it something else? I was Okay, so I was at school and uh, there was a skate park on like the outskirts of the school, like within the vicinity. And I was actually wrestling uh, and the wrestling area was shared with the warehouse for the skate park. So okay, I, I needed basically need, I needed something to do after school because my mom was working. And I didn't have like a ride home. So I would have to have like an after school like activity, right? So yeah. I, I just picked up wrestling because it was like the only thing that I knew. But then I would go to, uh, we would get water or whatever and we'd pass by the skate park because uh, the water fountain was like in the skate park. Um, so I I was just like, this is way cooler than wrestling. Like, you know what <laughs> I mean? Like, why would I even, because it wasn't even like cool wrestling. It was like American, like, uh, like, I don't like the Greco-Roman like, sort of style, grappling wrestling. So it was yeah, yeah. like good. So I was coming, I was coming and think it was like WWE or something. Like, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm gonna like fucking jump off turn turn tables or whatever the fuck they're called. But uh, no, that's how I got into skateboarding because I went to the the other side and I was like, oh, this is way better, and it just seemed like my vibe. So I started skating shortly after that. Cool. So, like, in terms of that, because obviously, like, skate culture and like the alternative music scene, as you say, like, they they kind of go hand in hand. And whether, yeah. like, whether you kind of discovered it, like, the music side of it a little bit later, but I don't know. Did you kind of always have that sort of um, like DIY ethos, like, embedded in you in some place, whether you knew it or not? Because, like, I guess, like, even with the wrestling, like, if you think it's going to be like the wwe sort of side of things that's still like a quite like a niche kind of uh like outlet and things like that and it's more in line with like an alternative lifestyle so yeah. uh, did you kind of always have that was that always embedded in you was that kind of part of your upbringing like where does that all kind of come from honestly it, pro it probably is um i've always kind of had like a diy element with everything i've ever done um I, so like after after I got into skateboarding, I actually started getting into like filmmaking, and um, oh, okay. that's that's stuck with me because like skateboarding filming is like a real big thing within skateboarding, yeah. like just making skate films, and I was really big into that, and that was another DIY thing where it was like I was making my own skate movies, and that's still stuck with me today, where I make like some of our music videos and and sometimes our artwork and stuff like that. So I've always kind of had a DIY element. I just I just I feel like things are better done when someone does most of them, like most of the work, I yeah. guess. Uh, finally, our band kind of has more of a, it's me and Kyler writing now instead of just me. But in the beginning, it was really just all me. And I, 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 like, mm. to, I like to handle most of the songwriting and, and the image-wise stuff. Yeah. It keeps it consistent. So then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then in terms of kind of like, Oh, actually, no, one thing I was going to quickly ask before. Do, do you still skate now, or is that kind of a part of your life that's sort of gone by? I actually just bought uh, a skateboard not that long ago. Like, one of the skateboards that I that I was, like, really into, like, when I was a kid, like, Baker. I don't know if you know the brand, but my um, one of my friends that I actually grew up with skateboarding is actually uh, sponsored now. Like, he's pro. Oh, sick. Yeah, yeah, Jamie Foy. Uh, I don't know, shouts out to him. But yeah, I used to film him all the time. I like filmed his first sponsor me, and I saw that he was pro, and I was like, "Man, I really should just like buy a board for some reason." I don't know why I had the urge, but 
I actually, <laughs> yeah. I actually just bought a board, uh, like beginning of quarantine, and I actually started skating again. That's cool. I've I know a few people that have done that, like within quarantine, like, yeah. Have, have picked up skating again, and like I go through like, so I I'm awful with skating, always have been, but I love like the culture of it and the community vibe of it, and I go through like peaks and valleys of like oh yeah I should really pick up a board again but then I remember like, as soon as I stand on it I fall off so I don't yeah. skateboarding is is one of those like it's self-torturing to an extent but it's, it's like it's yeah. so rewarding yeah. when you finally land something like I I've broken like a couple of bones from skateboarding as a kid and it's like I still don't care like I know the danger is there but it's just like whatever it's it's so fun yeah so then if we go back onto like the music side of things, as you mentioned, kind of like discovering, like Bring Me the Horizon and things like that. Like, I always find it interesting when kind of people who sort of like start digging into to music and they kind of find like the specifics like genre or sounds or whatever that they really kind of latch onto. So aside from like Bring Me, were there kind of any bands that you particularly like really connected with that you were like, oh, this this is my jam. This is what I want to be into this is what i want to listen to sort of thing yeah so at first it was definitely it was it was bring me the horizon and the deborah wars prada those were like my my strong two um mm. and then it's i don't know how i got into i set my friends on fire but that was like another really strong one because they're from uh, my area they're like my, oh, okay yeah they're from miami and I was from Broward, which is like pretty much 30 minutes away. So I was like, wow, this band's local and I love them. Uh, so I feel like a lot of the bands that I liked in the beginning were kind of not serious, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. I mean, Devil Rose Prada was, I guess, to an extent serious, but they kind of played it off well. Um, but mm. then then I then I started getting to Asking Alexandria, which I guess is another English band. Um, yeah. I don't know why I like English bands. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then I started getting into um, Chelsea Grin. And then I guess from there, that's when it was like more serious bands. Yeah. So before we kind of like delve into like your own like musical exploration, like I read that you grew up sort of like in quite a Christian household. Yeah. And obviously I always find it interesting when people kind of come from that world who are involved in sort of the alternative music world, because on paper, those two things don't mix, but I think a lot of people do come from like religious backgrounds and that then shapes what they create in their art. Yeah. So like, how was that kind of growing up for you? Like, and what's your kind of relationship like now with religion? Like, are you completely like not against it, but like, where do you kind of sit with that now? Yeah. Uh, so I would, I would actually say that I'm completely against religion. Um, okay, <laughs> I'm, no, like, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty anti-religion. And I think, I think growing up within uh, the church background. So I went to a Christian school um, from pre-K, which is like, I, I, I know you guys don't have the same system, but it's, it's like, I guess like five years old to yeah uh to fifth grade which is right before middle school which is like i i hope i'm getting this right it's like 11 or 12 so yeah i went to a christian school for like six or seven years um and it was like a private school and i got like a scholarship to go there and it it just it kind of just uh it kind of ruined religion for me because like it it was it was so it was so pushy 
and it was it was almost like cultish um <laughs> like i have i still have like every chapter of the bible is like stuck in my head like i could recite them right now if i wanted oh, to fucking hell. yeah no it's, it's scary <laughs> and it's like all that stuff is is like when you look back on it it was like they were creating the system of of you being perpetually scared of like this fucking this demon basically that was god and you had to like obey him or you're going to burn forever and it was like there's so many things where it's i i hope it's better now i really think i I think christianity is one of these things where it's like they they keep on progressing to make it more accessible but like Mm. i'm not even that old but like when i was going to my school it was like they would have like these books about the rapture and like you would have to get a 666 tattoo and if you didn't get the tattoo uh, then you would like they would kill you or something like it was so intense like and then that we would have SATs on religion like which is just uh, like standardized testing yeah um, like people have a math class we would have like bible class so they were just trying to gear you up to be like the strongest Christian and that in my opinion makes you the best atheist because you learn uh, like I, I guess like all the idiosyncrasies uh, of this weird <laughs> cult thing and i don't know it, it definitely it definitely um has a um it has a place still within my headspace that mm. that affects that affects like the way i i kind of like view music and the, the alternative world sometimes where it's like sometimes i do want to push that agenda or whatever because i do think i don't know when i was a kid i it made me want to rebel if anything. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. It's a very weird, it's a very weird upbringing. Definitely. Cause that's the, I, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but in terms of sort of like, I could be completely wrong in here. So please correct me if I, yeah. if I am, but obviously like I, I read that obviously the religious side kind of, kind of came a lot from your mum, and obviously like the music that you play now is very kind of, abrasive yeah. and like a lot like a lot of quote-unquote normies as soon as they hear kind of like screaming music they're like oh it's the devil's music and yeah, that yeah. sort of thing so i guess when you were kind of like even like when you were listening to like bring me the horizon and stuff like that like what what was your mum's like reaction like did she kind of like understand that you were like just like acting out and rebelling or was she kind of like wanting to push back or did she just kind of let you be you um, I, I was pretty private about it. Uh, so my mom was actually pretty cool with my sister's stuff. She would literally go to Warped Tour with my sister. Oh, it, wow. Okay. Yeah. Like picture like a 50 year old woman, like at Warped Tour. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I have, she, it was so weird. Like my mom. So I feel like my mom, she was religious, but she wasn't, she wasn't super religious. I right, think she, okay. I think she wanted to push the, she just wanted, I guess she just wanted us to have like a, a proper upbringing and she, she really wanted to like push that for us. Um, but I don't think still to this day, like she, she is religious. She has like these weird God things all over the house. Like in my house, we pray to God, like weird poster things, but I don't, yeah. I, she doesn't really go to church anymore. And it's like, I don't think she's, so I think she's religious to an extent. It wasn't like she was insanely strict, but um I, I I think I was hiding most of it from her, uh, but mm. obviously got to a point where I couldn't, where it was just like that was all I was really into. But it was yeah. it was me kind of I would be like, oh I'm into uh, Under Oath, like I would I would play Under Oath, and she'd be like, 
oh, I don't really like this. There's a lot of screaming and blah, blah, blah. I remember having a conversation. Like, we were literally at, like, a fast food restaurant. And I was, I was showing her under oath on purpose because it was a Christian man, like, hiding, <laughs> yeah. hiding the, the plethora of Marilyn Manson and all this other stuff. Um, and she was like, oh, well, I like that they're Christian, but I don't like their, that they're screaming. And I was like, oh, well, I, I also listen to The Devil Wears Prada, and they're very Christian as well. Like, I, w- I would try to, like – I would because I you would hear it you know what I mean and she would yeah, obviously yeah. ask me about it but I, I would always kind of hide it until until I was old enough where I was like I didn't care but in the beginning yeah. where I mean I got into alternative music really young like fourth grade fifth grade like I was like 10 I was like 10 with a MySpace you know so I was <laughs> yeah. I was pretty young getting into all of this stuff and then with skateboarding culture I was I was I was very much like not like um like a, a sheltered kid like I started taking city buses and going skateboarding at like 10 or 11 so mm. I don't think I don't I think she knew that she couldn't like hide this thing from me and that I was gonna run my course yeah so then in terms of you like discovering like music for yourself and starting playing obviously like we know you now as as the guitarist and songwriter for Blood Bather, but mm-hmm. Was guitar always like what you were drawn to or did you start with any other instruments? Where did the journey begin? Actually, no. So I started because I wanted to be a vocalist and still, okay. still to this day, I have that urge and I'm still uh, working on, I guess, solo music now, finally. Uh, but yeah, no, I actually wanted to be a vocalist and um, I just didn't, I, it's, I don't think it's not like I didn't have the talent for it. I just didn't, I didn't think I could do it. So guitar yeah. was this thing where it was like I thought it was just cool as doing vocals, and I I don't know I was it it was cooler to me because also I could like write the songs I guess so I started playing guitar, um, I probably like sixteen like sixteen or seventeen like pretty late honestly, um, I remember I bought a guitar and then I just tried. I remember I turned it on and I couldn't get a distortion tone because I bought like a, <laughs> yeah. I bought a clean amp. Like I literally bought like a clean amp, but I bought like an Ibanez and I thought the, the scarier guitars gave you the scary tone. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I started playing like an Ascot at like 14 and then I didn't sound right. So I was like, never mind. So I just returned it and then I just kept the amp and just started like screaming through it until I was like, no, I want to play guitar. And then I bought another guitar. And then that's when I started actually uh, playing. But I went to a music store every day after school just to learn without buying it. Because I, I was pretty broke. So mm. it was like I had to like I had to know that I really wanted to do it. So I didn't waste money. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. So then in, t- in terms of like the want to do vocals kind of thing, like, I don't know, where did that kind of stem from? Like, was it like because you were listening to these musics in like like people like uh ollie sykes and and the guy from devil west prada escapes me now but like hearing like those vocalists was it that you wanted to kind of emulate or was there kind of a part like performance in it like where did that kind of come from? there's there's always been with me I'm, I'm really big into like performance and like performance art and a lot of bands that have that that vibe like romance marilyn manson where it's like a huge stage so uh stage show and the music videos are super theatrical so i've always been into that element without liking that element like as a kid i wasn't like a theater kid but like i liked i liked the performance part so i think that was um that was a bigger part because the vocalist really has like the 
the the the showmanship that, yeah, that carries yeah. the show. So I've always liked that. But at the same time, I always thought like I could do it regardless with the guitar stuff. So that's probably why I started wearing the stuff that I wear and like doing the things that I do on stage, just because like that that element was always carried on. But I I I always like doing vocals. Cause I feel like, I mean, with this album, I wrote half the lyrics as well with Kyler. So I've always had like a I've always had like an input with that as well, where it's like I like writing lyrics. I like um, I like portraying that side because I I do feel like I have this element. But I I did vocals in other bands and. Uh, I don't know. Somehow, Blood Baby, I just got on guitar. Yeah. So, so then, in terms of like, before we get into you actually sort of like playing and stuff, like, obviously you're listening to all these these bands and and so on and so forth. And where you grew up, was there kind of much of like a live scene? So, were you going to shows, or was it something that you kind of had to seek out a little bit later down the line? Um. Actually, we we did have shows. We had Warp Tour. So the Warp Tour was probably like one of my firsts, because uh, my sister was going to Warp Tour, and she's like, "You have to go to Warp Tour." And then I, I finally went to Warp Tour. I think 2010 or 11, and um, I think I still actually have the ticket. And I was like, "This is <laughs> sick!" Like, I loved it. I didn't go to a show before that. I don't think so. And then that's when I started diving into like that that hardcore show and then once i went to the hardcore show it was over that's all i wanted to do is just go to shows yeah so yeah shows were they were pretty uh, a pretty big thing honestly and I, i'm glad they were because now they're they're kind of less obviously with covid there's none but in south florida uh the scenes i wouldn't say it's dying but it's becoming less and less so i'm glad it wasn't when i was a kid it was it was pretty active hmm. and are there any shows that you can particularly remember like seeing that you you thought, oh, like, that I can kind of, this is what I want to get into, this is what, yeah. I, like, I can I can do? Is there any particular shows that kind of stand out in the memory? Uh, I saw Mice and Men at Rock Town with, um, which is cool, because we did, our last tour was with Of Mice and Men. So, oh, sick. Yeah. So we did, a, well, no, I went to an, an Of Mice and Men show, and, um, yeah, that shit was sick. <laughs> it, was, it was sick when I was a kid. I was like, wow. So it was them. I sent my friends a fire, and that was, that was that was like the main bands that I was there for. And Sleeping with Sirens, I think, and yeah, yeah, that was like crazy to me. I was like, wow, this is so sick, and I want to do this definitely. So that was the show, yeah. 2011. So then, in terms of you kind of like playing in bands and so forth, so where where did your kind of like jumping in point start? Like, did you start off? being a vocalist or was your first band playing guitar like where where did you kind of start so yeah my first band was playing guitar after like two years of me playing guitar um so i was eight, 17 or 18 so maybe even a year of playing guitar i had really no idea what the fuck i was doing um but i really <laughs> wanted to do it like i had a i had a passion and it was like i i knew i could do it just because i i could promote it well and it didn't even matter if i could play guitar enough so i started that band with my friend nick and my friend drew um, and then Nick actually left, Drew became vocals, then uh, Drew left, I became vocals, then <laughs> I went back on guitar and played, and then we got another vocalist, it was like a whole fucking mess. And then right after that, I started Bloodbather. So I've only technically okay. been in two bands, yeah, but uh, that was like a weird revolving door band of, of members, and uh, yeah. then, then Bloodbather was started, and I've obviously stuck on guitar the entire time. 
Yeah. So with that first band, like, what was the kind of like vibe that you were going for? Like, what kind of sounds were you were you playing? Really, really like sworn in worship music. Like we loved. Okay. We loved sworn in. That was like the phase where sworn in was like super big. Like start end came out came out in two thousand sixteen. Then I remember like let down came out, and that's when we came out. So it was it was really big. Sworn in villains. Uh, those those were like the two influences that we really went for. Hmm. And did did that band kind of do much like in terms of like shows, recording, touring, yeah, or yeah, was it we, just very much like a local thing? We added we had an EP, and then we had like two singles after. We did some tours. Bloodbather actually was a band just so we could get more money on the road to like sustain just being on the road. Like it was almost like it was a joke. Um, obviously, it's not a joke anymore, but it was a joke. Back <laughs> yeah. And it was just to sustain this other band that wasn't even good. Um, it literally, it was so bad. Like, I don't even, everybody asks me the name and I never give it up now. Cause it's so it's, I never want anybody to listen to it so bad. Um, but yeah, no, um, it, it, it really just died out cause it wasn't good. You know what I mean? Like if you want to listen to sworn in, you could just listen to sworn in. So I don't know why I did that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I guess you've got to learn from like, yeah, yeah you gotta learn. You? you gotta learn. But in terms of that, like, Another point that I always kind of find interesting with like musicians that obviously are now, well, not currently, but like are now touring a bit more regularly and so on and so forth, is their kind of first sort of touring experience and sort of what that was like. So when you kind of like were hitting the road with this band, like, did you have any kind of like preconceived ideas of what touring would be like? Did you kind of like, I don't know, did you kind of have a following as a band? So you like you were able to do it or was it just kind of on a whim this is what bands need to do. So let's go out on the road. Yeah. It was mostly that last one. It was, it was, it was <laughs> DIY as fuck. Um, the first tour, actually our second show was in a different state. We were like, a Oh weird, wow. Okay. Yeah. We were like a weird internet band for a sec. And then we just kind of said, fuck it. And just started touring. Um, but yeah, nobody really cared, honestly. Like it, it was pretty pathetic. Like it was, but it was super DIY. <laughs> It was super DIY, so it didn't matter to us. And it was like, fuck it. Like, I just wanted to get on the road. But my expectations obviously were like shot in the foot by how bad it was. Like, it was, <laughs> it was like, dude, the first tour we did was in a 15 passenger, no trailer, um, with 10 people. So it was like, it was ridiculous. It was three bands in one van, all shit. Oh, fucking hell. I didn't sleep the entire tour. Uh, literally, like, it was like, five days i like i think i slept one day it was so bad um it was fucking awful we were poor as fuck every day was just stealing food and fucking medicine because we all got sick it was it was fucking it was rough but i mean that's i i think that's good that your first your first tour is rough because if your first tour is good then i mean then you're gonna have a rough tour and it's gonna be surprising you know yeah. yeah so it's good that my first tour was like absolutely awful but like apart from like the the kind of lack of sleep and and things like that could, are there any like shows that you can remember off that first tour that, yeah i can like, remember all. whether remember they were good or bad like could, could is anything that sticks out i can remember i'm i have a really good memory it's like spectacular i remember like every i can remember every show i've done exactly how i felt before oh wow that's cool. yeah like i have a, i have a whole list of every show that i've done like i remember each single show um but that first tour man 
So the first the first day was supposed to be uh, in Tampa. Show up to the venue late, and w- my band couldn't even play. Uh, oh shit! And then the the bassist of one of the other bands was with his girlfriend, like having sex or some shit. Came late <laughs> to the show, and I had to learn his parts and play that show in his band. So that was the first show of the tour. I didn't even play. Second show <laughs> was in Georgia. It was actually a really good show. Uh, came down, played Jacksonville. The promoter gave us like 20 bucks and like skirted off. Oh my God, that was awful. And then we played Orlando and that show was also awful. So yeah, that was the entire tour. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, it was a mess. Yeah, it's, it definitely sounds like <laughs> it. It was such a fucking mess. But I learned a lot, so whatever. Yeah. So then following, like, as you say, that band kind of dissolved, like, because of various things and whatever. And then Blood Bather was obviously there underneath, but then kind of became the priority. Sort of yeah. Thing. So actually, uh, I'm not even going to say Jess Old Band. I, that would be rude. Uh, I'm not mentioning my band. So Jess Old Band, we're not mentioning it. It's also awful. So... <laughs> We actually, that was when we came, we became friends because we weren't even close at all. Um, okay. But then I toured with his band on that tour, and that's when we became close. And then that's when I was like, dude, your band sucks. We should make a band. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that's how Bloodbather got started up. I was like, dude, this band sucks, dude. Like, it was worse than my band that I was in. <laughs> so I was like, man, we got to do something that is actually – like a passion project where it's like stuff that we were really into at the time 18 visions like all those bands martyr id disembodied so that's why blood bather got started and thank god i started that band you know what i mean yeah but well you've kind of touched on it there but like because i guess like just from learning like the influences you had when you were younger like to an extent like some of the devil wears prada stuff and like to an extent some of the asking alexandria stuff but as you say like disembodied and things like you can hear that sort of influence in the blood bather stuff so when you started that band was it like was it wanting to have that sound did it have like that kind of drive of this is what we want to sound like or did that kind of come along naturally as you started to write songs uh it it was definitely what I was listening to at that time. So I dropped out of whatever phase I was in and I, I kind of got jumped into this, this metalcore nineties, hardcore type uh, scene. And I was, I was really into it. So I was in a, like a local band called blistered, which is super, super good band that, that was like metallic hardcore, very like all out war. Um, yeah. I was going to say, I know blistered. I didn't realize you were part of that. Yeah. yeah no, I, no, I wasn't in the band, but I liked them. Yeah. Oh, no, wish, right. Sorry, I was with you. Yeah, no, I wish that was that <laughs> when I was when I was growing up. I was like, man, this is sick. But no, yeah. So that band was really, really influential, and they were local. And I heard that, and I was like, fuck, this is sick. Like, I don't know what it, it had. Like this Slayer riffs, like Slayer breakdown riffs, with just like weird hardcore surroundings, buried alive sounding. But I was, it was so sick to me. So I got into that. And there was, uh, there was also other bands at the time, like Drawing Last Breath, like a bunch of local bands that I was super into. And that's what kind of spark, sparked my metalcore thing. And I, mm. I, I remember I wanted to make a band that sounded like Jungle Rot. I was really into like that weird death metal at the time. Isn't Jungle Rot also a British band? Maybe. Um, I don't I'm know. not sure, to be honest. I don't know, honestly. I think they might have been. Uh, but... Uh, 
I don't know why I'm super super into British bands, I guess. <laughs> I wanted a band that sounded like Jungle Rot. And somehow me and Jeff just wanted I guess like similar things and then we just somehow came to the metallic hardcore stuff. Hmm. So then like in terms of like as you say, when Blood Baby kind of first started, it wasn't too serious, but then obviously became more serious and more focused kind of thing. So in terms of you like going out and again sort of like doing shows and kind of becoming a bit more of a quote unquote serious band sort of thing, was there kind of like a, a I don't know, a shift in your mentality of like, I don't know, like thinking like, right, I need to put all my energy and my focus into this and I'm going to give this 100% rather than like maybe half-assing it like when you first started. The funniest thing is it's like almost the opposite. Like it was such a joke to us that I just didn't, like we wrote a three song EP just to play shows. So three songs is like nothing. And there were like (laughs) three, there were three Bloodbather songs too. So they were short as fuck, like one minute, two minute songs. We had a seven minute set for like a very long time. Um, <laughs> and then we made it shortly longer by playing a fucking hate breed cover. But uh, so we had like a 10 minute set. It was such a, it wasn't, it just wasn't serious. Like we were just having fun, but that was like the element that made people like us. And then slowly after it was like, people like this band way more than they like my other band. And I don't even like playing my other band. It's super stressful. We can't keep members. Why don't I just do this band? So that's when I kind of, I dropped, I dropped my other band. Um, I think it was, it was, it was early 2017. I dropped my other band. Um, so basically a year after Bloodbathers formed, I was like, I don't want to do this other band. I really like Bloodbather. Then we wrote Pressure, released it um, early 2018. And then it was just off from there. It was just, that's that was the main thing and it was like all of my focus because mm. well that's what i was going to say like because obviously you mentioned like people sort of paying attention to, to you can you kind of remember a specific time when i don't know because i always find like with any bands like you have like fans that are your friends and they're going to support you no matter what sort of thing mm-hmm. but then there's like that moment when you're playing a show and there's a complete stranger in the in the audience and like they're going off to your band or they're singing every single word or whether it's a communication from by the internet of like someone in a different country or something like that. So was there a moment that you can remember when like it, that switch from like it just being like friends and stuff to, Oh, people are actually giving a shit about our band. Honestly, the switch was really quick. Um, It was probably around our second show that people were just like, really into our stuff and i was like what the fuck like i didn't really understand i was like why why do people like this so much then we went on that tour with my other band just to have money for the other band and people were just going off more to the to blood bather and i was like what the fuck is going on like i don't understand why why y'all niggas don't like my other band like why do you like this band so i was like man uh i fucked and it was just way more fun and the the vibes were just there, and I was just like, I think that it was it was so quick. It was really quick where people started liking Bloodbather, and it was mm. it was that's I guess it was something special was happening where it was like, why do people like this so much? But it, I guess it was the element of just like it was just our passion project, and we're just having fun. You know what I mean? 
Mm. And in terms of kind of like the the sound, as you say, like putting where you're sort of like listening to these bands and putting the influence from, but like obviously at the moment, and I think like as you guys were sort of coming up, there was this kind of like a lot of people have called it like MySpace revival sort of thing, but like yeah. bands like yourself, um, like See Space Cowboy, mm-hmm. Get From God, all that kind of sort of thing. Like, I don't know, like from your perspective, like, was it a conscious thing that you were like recreating that sound from your youth and, and that the, these other bands were doing it? Or I don't know, was it just because you you wanted to play something that you enjoyed and then kind of everything molded and evolved that way? Yeah, I think it was something we just enjoyed and it somehow molded because it was, it was mostly like, I, I'm not going to say I was listening to 18 Visions when I was a kid. You know what I mean? I was listening to scene bands and then I got into like all this other stuff. But yeah. Um, but at first, yeah, it was just a, it was a passion project. It was just like, this is like the coolest era of metalcore. And it was like, it was cool to us. Like it was, it was cool. Cause we were, it was so much oversaturation of this other shit. Like all these people with like fucking eight string guitars and all this stuff. And I was like, fuck this. I want to make a band that's in like drop C, which we still are in drop C. <laughs> yeah. And like, and like I wanted to just do something that was like more riff based and, and, and just like, panic chords and just all that stuff and i was it was mostly just me trying me and me and jeff just trying to do something that we really really liked and um and it it, it just kind of went from there it wasn't it wasn't us trying to like channel like that myspace thing where it was like now it's kind of an aesthetic where it's like oh be myspace um and kind of i guess it kind of fell into that more because now with our new sound it's very deathcore myspace stuff but Mm. At first, no, it was, it was just, it was literally just us trying to have fun, just doing passion project stuff. Yeah. And kind of on the like flip of that, have you found like a younger generation who are discovering your band are then kind of like maybe de- digging in and finding like the influences that you kind of took in? Like, so like going back and discovering 18 Visions and stuff like that. Have you? Yeah. Have you, I mean, that's the come much, across that? That's, that's kind of why we're a thing. Like we're a, we're one of those bands where like we're a beginner band into hardcore where it's like we're not mm. a hardcore band i've I've never claimed we're a hardcore band because we're not we're a metalcore band deathcore band you know what i mean um but i've always thought like it was kind of it wasn't difficult to get into hardcore from i guess you could call like scene music warp tour music yeah but th- there always needed to be that weird band that got you into it like uh, like for me, it was like, I guess, I think it was like the Acacia Strain or something that made that weird cross sound where it's like, oh, this yeah. is starting to sound like this, right? Um, so we kind of wanted to be that band almost where it was like, we wanted to just get people into this sound, but not the to that sound, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, no, 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 that makes sense. And something that I... I just wanted to address and this might not be the case. I might be making assumptions, but obviously like with your band, like obviously you're featuring sort of people of color and and things Mm -hmm. like that. And I think like I'll get on about sort of like the political side of things in a minute, but I think just in terms of like uh, sort of diversity and visuality in terms of like being in the scene sort of thing, like have you found that, I don't know, like, because like I'm not really in the sort of metalcore scene as much as I used to be. Yeah. But but like to have like that representation, have you found that people have kind of who are into your bands that like maybe 
not necessarily have seen someone that looks like themselves on stage before have kind of had that added connection with you? Yeah, and I feel like that's a, a big reason why there was such a drive for me to like pursue this element and go the route that we did. And I'm glad that we did. It's just like, I do think that people, people identify with people they look like, you know what I mean? And, Mm. and growing up, there really wasn't, there wasn't much for, for me to look up to like vocalists. There was like, there was, there was fucking the dude from Oceano um mm. adam from Oceano and the guitarist of tony danza uh yeah. who's in amir now so like those were like the two that's it you know what i mean there wasn't really many black people but in our local scene there was a ton because obviously like broward is just it's 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 a very multicultural area you know what i mean like i don't yeah. think white people are the majority it's just a lot of hispanic people a lot of black people um so it, it it wasn't like that in the local scene where it was like our local scene was pretty diverse. It wasn't super diverse, but it was pretty diverse. And um, it wasn't like me and Jeff started the band, our old vocalist. It wasn't even like we started the band to have like this diversity band, but it kind of just mm. became that because it was just like, those were all my friends. You know what I mean? So yeah, it was, it just kind of became that, but it, it, it was really cool to see that a lot of people, um, a lot of people like appreciated the fact that we we were black and we were doing what we were doing and we were like it was it wasn't like we were like pretending to not be black i feel like a lot of bands <laughs> not a not a lot of bands but a lot of people like they get into the scene and they like straighten their hair and like they kind of like i guess like nudge off everything else and it's like we were they c- like, kind of like tried to blend in yeah yeah thing, blending in and like which i get it you know what i mean like it makes sense. You're, um, you're just, you're just trying to fit in better. You know what I mean? Um, you're trying to Mm. assimilate into the scene, but we, we were like anti that, like we were just doing whatever the fuck we wanted. I started just wearing like dresses and crazy shit. And it was just like, we, it was just us doing whatever the fuck we wanted, which is a big reason why I feel like we're at the place we are now is just, just the level of doing whatever we wanted. Yeah. And just because we're kind of on the subject of, like, again, it might be me making a bit of an assumption, mm-hmm. so please correct me if I'm I'm wrong. But, like, obviously, with everything that's going on at the moment, especially in the States and kind of the, re- not revival, but, like, more focus on the Black Lives Matter movement and mm-hmm. things like that, I think there was, a, like, and, like, a, there's a bit of a danger of this, but there was a lot of, I know a lot of people were kind of at the time, especially around George Floyd's death, were kind of being more active in sort of shouting out like black creatives mm-hmm. and things like that. And you were a band that a lot of people kind of pointed to yeah. as like a band of that. So like, I don't, I don't know. I could be wrong, but like, I don't view you guys as like an overly political band. Obviously there's going to be that kind of undertone, but yeah. it's not something that, that's at the forefront. But like, I don't know, like, isn't like especially with the new record coming out now and things like that has your focus turned in that way a little bit or or not am i making a massive assumption honestly not at all i've i've always been so there we've always kind of fallen in this place of like black members right um me you know cross-dressing um 
So we've always had this 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 element of like I guess you would say the PC culture trying to push that that thing on us where it's like oh we want it you know what I mean there's a lot of bands that put that at the forefront you know what I mean uh LGBTQ stuff or yeah. or, or uh, Black Lives Matter uh centric stuff political stuff but w- I've never wanted to do that I it's not like I think it's it's I'm not, I'm not saying it's like a cop out or anything but it's just it's I never. I never wanted to push that that thing. I just wanted it to be about the music, and the other stuff is just it's it's just there. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. I, I don't think it's as crazy as it used to be, where it's like we have all these bands nowadays that are you know putting that at the forefront, all this political stuff, and that's like that's obviously cool. And I obviously think music and politics are they don't go hand in hand, but they're they're always a response to a lot of political stuff. You know what I mean? Like a lot mm. of music genres you could say punk is fucking stuck or started on you know anti-political type things um yeah but that was never really the goal for us where still to this day you know what i mean i i i obviously will talk about anything but like i never like that being the the forefront because it kind of pushes that agenda of like um I don't know that that we're just that band that's just being pushed because oh they're black or oh the guitarist yeah fly, exactly he wears a dress and it's like I've never wanted that element because it it just not only does it stray people away in my opinion but it it just I don't we don't need that you know what I mean it's not I'm not trying to say it's a crutch but we 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 just can do it without that you know what I mean we could yeah no that's fair enough. yeah and it's just it's it's never been like the the main message it's just we're doing. We're doing what we want to do, and that stuff is obviously very cool. We're the first to be, uh, you know what I mean? We're the first to talk about uh, things that need to be talked about, you know what I mean? Black Lives Matter, whatever it be at the time. Um, donations, first band to do that, you know what I mean? Like, we're going to do mm. it first first forefront, you know what I mean? Uh, like, all that stuff is very important to us, but we don't want to be that band, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, no, I think that's because that's kind of like why I posed the question because not, not saying that you, you step away or shy away from it because yeah. as you said, like, if it's something that's addressed then yeah, you're, you are the first one to talk about it kind of thing. But it's not something that's like, I guess, kind of high on your agenda, if that makes any yeah, sense. A lot of it is just obvious too, where it's just like, yeah, we're a black band uh black lives matter like obviously uh (laughs) we grew up where we grew up there's a lot of police uh, like obviously a lot of abusive fucking police and it's like yeah we don't like the cops that's obvious it's like yeah uh gay rights obviously (laughs) like it's it's not even like you know what i mean like we're so already in that realm where it's like it's we don't even it's like when i see a lot of bands pushing it sometimes i'm like yeah like obviously like (laughs) if you weren't pushing this stuff i would feel weird you know what i mean like it's not even pushing this stuff it's just like this is just people are just you know what i mean like it's definitely with with like lgbtq all that stuff like obviously like our scene is full of people that are you know gay trans bi everything so it's like it's not even it's not even pushing a thing it's just being open about whatever you're you're aligning with you know what i mean Mm. and um so yeah it was it was never even us like pushing anything it was just like yeah obviously you know what i mean <laughs> that's fair enough and something else that i wanted to touch upon just before we kind of move on to the like new direction of the band 
is like I was a fan of you guys anyway, but I think something that kind of drew a lot more attention to you was your performance at um, This Is Hardcore and obviously the Hate Five Six video mm-hmm. that kind of came out of that. So I don't know, did you kind of see like a spike in attention off the back of that? And like, as you say, because you're not like quote unquote a typical hardcore band, I, I know that festival has like other stars as well, but it's 95% like hardcore, like yeah. macho, hardcore sort of thing. So firstly, like how was that experience? And as I say, like, did you see kind of a spike in attention afterwards? Yeah, so Joe Arcor is the, the coolest fucking guy. He's the realest dude and and... I have immense amount of respect for him for even letting us have the opportunity to play it. Um, he's a very smart guy and he sees what's going on and he, he knows like that what bands are kind of what are, what we are, which are, we're introducing people into that realm, but we're not mm. that we're not a hardcore band, but we, we have the attitude of a hardcore band. And we also, um, we also introduce people into that realm. So he obviously yeah. saw that and he saw how much we, we rep our scene and push for our scene and he respected that. And obviously we respect him and, and what he does. Um, and yeah, we, we obviously there was people that were giving us some backlash. You know what I mean? They're not a fucking hardcore band. Why are they on this is hardcore, blah, blah, blah. Um, but we don't care about this stuff. And, and this is hardcore is very much like a, uh, not a killer be killed, but like it's a time to show off almost like yeah. show everything you've got fucking got definitely with eight five six it's like it's not a competition but i i'm a very competitive type of person where <laughs> i i want to fucking like this is going to be the sickest show this is going to be uh, the sickest video and when it got released people saw that and it, it it blew up you know what i mean um it's it's definitely doing really fucking well and it's like it's really sick to see that i think it's at like eighty thousand yeah. views right now um, which, is, yeah, yeah. which is insane. You know what I mean? That's like as much as one of our music videos. So <laughs> yeah. I feel like Hate Five Six is also so much fucking respect to Sonny for, for doing all the work he does. Um, he's also a spectacular fucking guy. Um, yeah. And, and all kudos to him. I respect him so much for putting us on the channel and giving us um, a platform at all to, to, to show off what we do. Um, so that that's obviously super sick and i mean i don't know people people really liked it and people really just i guess got our vibe and um i definitely pushed us though it definitely it definitely gave us a little boost Mm. and just in terms of like i know you've brought it up a a few times but in terms of your like quote unquote aesthetic now because like in that hey five six video like not saying you're dressed normal but you're not dressed the way that like we see you now kind of thing yeah so like i don't know if it it was like something that you've always kind of toyed with but maybe weren't feeling brave enough to do it on stage or if it was like a fuck it moment like where did the kind of idea of like to take that aesthetic and run with it come from so actually um i started wearing the dresses like early blood gator like i think like our right okay yeah, like, I was just like, fuck it. I've always wanted to... When I was a kid, like, I I knew something was up. You know what I mean? I knew, like, I was like, <laughs> something, something's off of me because I really like wearing dresses, really like wearing makeup. I'm, like, really in touch with this femininity that is just, like, ingrained in me. And I, I remember mm. I put on, like, one of my sister's dresses when I was, like, eight or something, and I was like, man, this just feels right. I don't know why. I just like it. Um, And 
I don't know why I was just like, it just kind of sparked me. Like I was really into Marilyn Manson at the time. And I saw that, you know, Twiggy and all of them were wearing dresses. And I was like, man, I really like this dolly dress. I'm just going to fucking wear it. And I remember I just put it on and I was like, this is perfect. I'm going to wear it. And that was early 2016. So um, I actually didn't wear a dress in that This Is Hardcore video because I fucking, we were going on that tour and I forgot to bring a different pair of shoes. So I, oh, literally, I literally only had, because I'm very in touch with, with both sides and it's like, I'll wear like my other clothes and then I'll wear like my super feminine clothes. And I only had a pair of fucking black Air Force Ones. So I wasn't going to fucking wear a dress with black Air Force One. Like it just, it wouldn't have made sense. It would have been funny. Obviously it would have been like, what the fuck? But I, I just like, I, that was just a fuck up on my part. I, I brought a dress, like one of my favorite dresses, actually one of my most expensive dresses. And I was going to wear it at that show, but hmm. it just fucking forgot the shoes. And I woke up that we hardly slept that night. And it was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to put on this clothes. I'll put on a little makeup and that's it. Yeah. But the other thing that I wanted to kind of touch upon about this is like, obviously in like doing my research and things with this, I kind of had a little look at your, your Instagram and obviously mm -hmm. like not saying it's like posy or modely or anything like that, but you obviously have like a frame in mind of, you know, your body, you know, how to sort of like, I don't know, like how to dress properly and, and things like that. Yeah. So I don't know, like, is it the more comfortable you've kind of become with it that the more outward you've been with it? And I, I guess because, like, nowadays, obviously, like, with the new record and things like that, like, Bloodbath is getting a bit more attention. Yeah. Are you wanting to be more abrasive with it? Or, again, is it just, this is who you are? Yeah, I mean, it's it's really, like, it's always been a thing that I've wanted to do, but I never, I just never allowed myself to do a lot of things. And it was just, it was just to the point where it's, like, I, I used to, I, I did a lookbook thing for, like, the smallest amount of time when I was like, mm. like I had this lookbook.nu or whatever account and I was really shit. Cause I've always really been into fashion. Um, like Prince and all those, those artists like that, David Bowie and stuff like always fucking inspired me. Like how androgynous they were and how much like fashion they put into the yeah. aesthetic. And obviously that's not a big thing within hardcore or metalcore. Um, but I've always had that side and I, I just started I think I started doing Instagram more probably around last year where it was just like, I, I love modeling and I love fashion. And it, it, it was just, I've always really just had a connection with like photography and also just like, I've always thought photography had a big element of just taking pictures of people. Um, mm. And I, that was like the most important thing for me. And I just started saying, fuck it. Like I want to be the forefront. I want to do what I want to do and I want to push whatever I'm doing. And people obviously respond to that. Like I get, it started where I was like, my Instagram had no fucking following at all, at all. Like it was, it was like, I would post like once every six months and it was just about my band and I would get like 200 likes. And now it's the yeah. where it's like, um, for other reasons too, like my producing of, of other artists that I've done. Um, but like now my Instagram is way bigger than the band Instagram. You know what I mean? And it's, <laughs> it's like my, my fucking photos now get way more likes than the band's Instagram. And it's like, I never even knew it was going to get to this, but obviously I'm just going to keep on pushing it. Cause I really enjoy fashion. I really enjoy modeling. I really enjoy uh, makeup and, and art and all that stuff. So it's just another, it's just another way of like evolution. And it's like, I never, I never want to push something, um, 
to the point where I don't like it anymore. So like when I don't want to do band stuff anymore, I'm going to stop doing band stuff and find something else. You know what I mean? I'm never, yeah, I'm yeah. not one of those, th- these people that are going to like fucking shoot the dead horse a million times. You know what I mean? Where it's like, once I find something that I, I just want to constantly be inspired and I'm still obviously inspired by band stuff. Bloodbather is super inspirational to me, but like I'm now I'm inspired by this other stuff. And it's like, mm. I, I want to push, that stuff and i'm starting to work on solo music that's that's like a nod to like other stuff where it's like the same thing with blood bather that was a nod to something and now i i feel like i need to nod to something else um yeah where it's just like i i just i constantly have an evolution it's just now i just don't stop it i just let it run its course so that's a very Mm. long form answer to a simple (laughs) no 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 it's perfect i think it sums it up very well obviously now you've with the new new EP, obviously you, you no longer have Jeff there. Kyla's come in, obviously doing vocals and bass. Yep. But I just kind of wanted to sort of like get your feeling of like, I guess how have things kind of evolved now, like without Jeff there, and also like with you personally, like as you mentioned earlier, being more collaborative in the songwriting process, that you're kind of splitting things with with Kyla. Mm-hmm. So how are you kind of finding things in that aspect? Yeah, so like when Jeff was in the band, it was him just doing vocals and i was doing all the instruments so it was like it was fucking a lot you know what i mean that's a lot of a big role you know so we've always we've always been like a like we had like filling members but it was basically just me and jeff um kyler joined and then kyler started getting involved in the in the music writing process because kyler also plays guitar and stuff um so obviously finally it was like a less of a role on my part and i feel like the songs have gotten a lot better because of that. Um, Jeff, obviously, departure, left. Um, still cool. Obviously, Jeff's one of my best friends, so. Um, then it's just, like, me and Kyler, and and um, Kyler, Kyler's fucking great. You know what I mean? Kyler's fantastic. He's one of the best vocalists I've ever heard. He's my favorite vocalist. Um, and now with, with the new stuff, it's just we found a new passion. You know what I mean? We found a new drive for the new sound and i think it's like i feel yeah. like now we just sound like blood Bear, where it's every comment is like every comment is is this band sounds like this 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 and it's like it would be simpler if they were just like this <laughs> yeah. band just sounds like blood Bather now you know what I mean? it's like there's so many fucking like people give us every single band that we sound like and it's just like yeah we just found exactly our own niche now so yeah. um i don't know where that that answer came but yeah that's kind of the <laughs> that's whatever that's what it is now and one thing i wanted to kind of ask because like as you say it, it's like you and kyla predominantly but in mm-hmm. terms of like when you're doing like the live stuff i know obviously at the moment again that's not something that's possible but yeah. other are the other like members is it kind of like a revolving door kind of thing or do you have like set people it used to be it used to be a revolving door but there's always been people that were just on our side our friends so right now we have nick and alex nick nick plays bass alex plays drums kyler's on vocals i play guitar um that's not a news a lot of people are like oh they keep on changing blah 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 like if you look at this uh the this is hardcore video at the end kyler does vocals for the for the song that he he was on vocals in the in the uh recording when jeff was on the recording um, and he just grabs the mic and does vocals. If you look at our lineup and just uh, like blank out Jeff, that's our <laughs> yeah. lineup now. You know what I mean? Where it's like, it hasn't, ch- like a lot of people think it's like, oh, they changed so much. It's like, no, these people have been with us for a while. Um, but yeah, you know, now it's less revolving door. It's just, it, 
it's just now it's just people I, I trust and I stick with. Alex is a fucking the best drummer in South Florida. He's fantastic. Great guy. Nick is one of my best friends. He's helped me out in various ways in all parts of my life and I love him. And it's just that that's how the band is. It's me and Kyler writing. Um, and though you know, Alex and Nick, they don't really write at all, but they're just they play with us and it's it's cool. Yeah. You know? And in terms of like the new material, as you say, like it's kind of got a bit more of a, a heavier tone, a bit more kind of in that sort of deathcore style in some aspects, but obviously still has kind of the the 90s metalcore vibe to it as well. And I think, like, I don't want to compare the two, but with Kyla's sort of vocals compared to Jeff's, it, it kind of has that more sort of earthy, gritty feel to it, personally. That's how uh-huh. I kind of feel it. So... I don't know, like from the the singles that you've released so far, like what's the kind of general kind of response been? And, and like, have people been digging like the new stuff in comparison to the old stuff? Or is that not something you're really paying attention to? Uh, there was, there was like this weird, because there was this weird phase when everybody thought that it was like, they had to pick a side, like, oh, Jeff or Bloodbather. Like, are we going to fuck with Jeff? Because Jeff is very involved in the scene. Right. Very much a big part of why Bloodbather's where we are. And obviously, you know what I mean? That's that's a big thing. So a lot of people thought at first, like, oh, I don't know if we're going to support this band because Jeff's on the band or whatever. And then obviously it just came to the point where it's like Jeff, me and Jeff are still friends. We're all obviously so so cool. Jeff still reps Bloodbather. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like people finally got to the point where like, oh, yeah, like now we're cool with it. But yeah, Kyler got a, a lot of flack and obviously I get it. You know what I mean? New vocalist. But Jeff like Kyler's one of Jeff's favorite vocalists. Kyler's one of my favorite vocalists. Kyler is just a one of the best vocalists in the scene. So it was just like stupid at first yeah. when people were hating. You know what I mean? But now now it's just it's just it's a new sound that we're going for. It sounds fucking sick in my opinion. It, it's 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 the best that we've ever sounded and um and I'm really hyped, you know what I mean? I I think Kyler Kyler is just um, a fantastic fucking vocalist, hmm. uh, a fantastic lyricist, and it's just a new, it's just a new a new a new world. Yeah. You know what I mean? Of sound, and kind of more broadly speaking, like what do you kind of hope people kind of take away from this record? Apart from it, like as you say, being like the next chapter of Blood Bather and kind of a new direction. Like, is there anything that you hope people take away from it? Uh, the lyrical element is basically just like standing up for yourself. Um, you know, taking, taking power back. Um, and, and that's kind of, that's kind of the, this, this element is just like, it's based on sometimes with like revenge and stuff like that, but it's mostly just like telling yourself, mm. like you have the fucking power, you know what I mean? So, um, that, that's basically what we're trying to say. You know what I mean? Like fuck everybody. Like just, just always stand up for yourself. Always, always, um, always, uh, make sure that, you know, I guess like you're taking care of yourself in that element and, and just you're, you, everybody could be their own God. And yeah, that's, that's kind of the vibe that we're going for. You know what I mean? Like if you want to be God, you could be God. So you just don't be a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's kind of, that's strictly the element of this album. It's very, very bare bones with the lyrics. Like they're, they're basically caveman lyrics. Like very like, like there's, there's parts of this album where it's just like, like it's your fault don't forget like fuck you like it's very direct um like and and that's kind of element we want to go now where it's just 
it's very direct, very abrasive, very, very us. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And obviously, like, where I've been sort of doing a lot of these interviews at the moment of where people are putting out new records, it's a weird time because generally around record release, you'd be touring or, or something like that. But I don't know, like, what have you guys kind of, like, spoken about, like, what your plan is, like, post release like what you're kind of have you got anything in in the pipeline at the moment or are you kind of waiting until things are a bit clearer regarding covid of where you're gonna go sort of thing we're just waiting we're waiting out um oh god i can't wait till shows come back because honestly it's it's so weird not playing shows um but yeah no we're just like waiting out doing our own thing uh trying to push it in all the ways that we can without playing shows uh, we're planning on stuff, you know, but it, it's such it's such a up in the air type thing. Like nobody knows when the vaccine's coming out. We want to push a safety measure of like we're not going to yeah. be a band that's going to play during COVID. Uh, but yeah. right when we can, we will play, you know. And just to round things off, Salem, how I like to kind of end these conversations is to ask my guests what their favorite song is, but with a bit of a twist. And it might be a little bit difficult because you may not have had the chance to play any of the new stuff, but we'll go with it and see what happens. Um, but what I like to ask is what's your favorite blood play, the song you'd like to play live and why? Uh, so it's going to be anything off the new record now. So a race, a race is definitely not only my favorite song off the album, but the best song to play live. It's so fucking sick. Like it's so fun. It has that live element. And that song is just a really good showcase of, of all of my talents, all of Kyler's talents you know highs lows on vocals synth everywhere crazy guitar stuff crazy pan accords crazy breakdowns but also like this atmospheric element so that's that's the song and that's the next music video we're actually dropping so really on that perfect, one. perfect brilliant salem thank you very much for your time um i've been lucky enough to hear the ep already and it fucking rips Fuck yeah. um so i think loads of people are gonna if gonna like it i'm really digging like the new direction you guys are going as well so yeah like best of luck with everything in the future um hopefully in some point in the future we'll see you over here in the uk as well uh that's one of my dreams i'm absolutely i love uk culture one of my favorite fucking shows is skins so i need to go there (laughs) nice (laughs) i need to get there but thank you so much man i really appreciate it thank you for taking the time no worries no worries all right yeah you too So there we have it, folks. Again, a massive thank you to Salem uh, for taking some time out of their day to have a chat with me, as always. Um, and as always, you can check out what is going on with Blood Bather via all various social media platforms, which will be put in links in the description notes of this episode. I'm going to keep this outro pretty short and sweet because... I haven't got a lot more to add, but yeah, as I said at the top of the show, 100 episodes, 170 episodes even is something I never expected to reach. So if you've been with us since day one, I really, really appreciate it. Like, honestly, I can't put into words how much it means that people even care and listen to this podcast. So it's, it's yeah, it's a big deal to me. Um, Still planning on plugging away. I've got a few more kind of interviews in the can and a few more lined up for the coming weeks so we go again next week as always um 
If you do like what you hear, whether this is the first time you're listening or the 170th time you're listening, then please uh, subscribe to the show on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. Give us a little review, a rating. It really, really does help. I know you probably hear it from every single podcast you listen to, but there's a reason for that. Um, yeah, as I say, I'm going to leave this outro pretty short and sweet. So as always, thank you again for stopping by the Justin Insight podcast and I'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.